LaShonda Williams, City of Refuge Kingdom Church, and please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you tonight, first to say thank you for allowing us to gather together again. As we prepare to discuss the business of the city, we pray for our mayor, city council, and all of our city officials that you will grant them wisdom and guidance to make decisions for the betterment of this city, our employees and residents. During this holiday season, we ask for your protection for our employees and their families, for those in the military serving our country, our veterans, and provision for the homeless and displaced residents. Help us with creative ideas to assist those in need and to work together with our neighboring cities to continue to grow this area of Hampton Roads. We pray for peace and unity with, our, with one another as we continue to find new ways to serve our residents and communities using our resources wisely. As this year, 2018, is coming to a close, help us to prepare for 2019 as we strive to reach the goals and vision that has been set for the city of Norfolk. All these things we ask humbly in your name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Ms. Doyle? Here. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is to excuse Councilman Riddick and Councilman Smeagol. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please certify the closed meeting. I have a resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend the council meetings, the procedure is to first take up ceremony items. Next, we'll take up public hearings, then the consent agenda, which will be voted on in a block. If any member of the council or the public wishes to discuss an item, that item will be removed from the consent agenda and considered separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up regular agenda items in the order as they appear on your docket. Upon the completion of the agenda, we then take up any new business to come before the council. To address the council, you should have registered to speak in the lobby of the council chamber before 7 p.m. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name and your address, and please limit your comments to three minutes. Mr. Clerk, do we have any ceremony items? No ceremony items tonight, sir. Okay, I'll call up IB1. The next item is the receipt of bids pursuant to the invitation for bids and notice of public hearing scheduled this day pursuant to state law. Public notice having been inserted in the local press by the city clerk to accept bids for a wireless facilities franchise agreement with a term of 10 years with up to three renewal terms of five years each in the city's right of way subject to certain terms and conditions. Mr. Clark, how many bids have been received? I've received one bid. Please uh, read the bid and mark it for identification. Extinet Systems LLC has submitted the following bid. Uh, grantee shall pay the city an annual fee for each small cell facility installed in public ways of the city. The amount of the annual user fee shall be 1000 for any small cell facility or wireless facility mounted on a wireless support structure or utility pole at or below 50 feet in total height. $1,500 for any small cell facility or wireless facility mounted on a wireless support structure or utility pole above 50 feet in height. $1 per square foot for any other associated equipment or shelter mounted on the ground. The term of this franchise shall be for a period of 10 years from the effective date. Upon expiration of this agreement, the grantee shall have the option to renew the agreement for up to three years 
of five years each with a franchise agreement containing substantially similar terms. Grantee will pay the city a sum of $1,000 for the administrative cost and expenses incurred by the city related to the grant of this franchise. Within 180 days following a written notice from the city, grantee shall temporarily or permanently remove, relocate, change, or alter the position of any wireless support structure, wireless facility, or small cell facility within the public ways of, at grantee's expense whenever the city shall have determined that such removal, relocation, change, or alteration is reasonably necessary for the construction, repair, maintenance, or installation of any city facilities or other public improvement in or upon the public ways, the operations of the city or other governmental entity in or upon the public ways. I've marked this Extinet Systems LLC. Are there any additional bids offered? If there are no additional bids offered, I declare the bidding closed. Is there any member of the public who wishes to be heard on this matter? There's no member of the public who wishes to be heard in this matter. I declare the public hearing closed. Is there a recommendation from the staff regarding be it received from uh, XTNet Systems LLC? Uh, yes, sir. City staff recommends that the bid by XTNet Systems LLC be reviewed by city staff and a recommendation be made to council at your January 8, 2019 meeting. Is there a motion to continue this matter until the next meeting of the city council on January 8, 2019 <coughs> to receive recommendation of staff and to consider the bid from Extinet Systems, LLC. I so move. I second the motion. Is there any further discussion? If not, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Motions continue to January the 8th. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, R1. R1 is an ordinance amending and reordaining section one of ordinance number 47229 and section one of ordinance number 47314 and section one of ordinance 47432, effective July 1, 2018, appropriating funds for the fiscal year beginning July 1, 2018 and ending June 30, 2019, so as to confirm with increases to debt service as a result of additional cash from fund balance being allocated to the capital improvement plan. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R2? R2 is an ordinance to amend and reordain sections 1 and 2 of the capital improvement plan budget for the fiscal year 2019 so as to establish funding in the amount of $500,000 for the improvement of educational and governmental access programming and authorizing the expenditure of $500,000 in cash. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3? R3 is an ordinance approving a memorandum of agreement with the Meadowbrook Dog Park Association, Inc. for the operation, finance, and maintenance of the dog park at 1625 West Little Creek Road. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4. R4 is an ordinance approving a non-exclusive conduit construction franchise agreement with Extinet Systems Virginia LLC. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5. R5 is an ordinance to amend the schedule of fees related to the Norfolk Zoning Ordinance in order to provide a reduced fee for applications seeking to amend operational limitations for an existing restaurant. Call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle? Aye. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R6. R6 is a resolution supporting the 2019 legislative priorities for the City of Norfolk. LSW James. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, my name, and you, Mr. Smith, I wouldn't leave you out. <laughs> my name is Ellis W. James. I reside at 2021 Kenlake Place here in the city of Norfolk. 
the resolution that you are preparing to re vote on has a lot of extremely important priorities in it. I have spoken to you on a previous occasion about the need for the council to vote in support of the Equal Rights Amendment. That happens to be one of the items that's included in this. The other thing is that a good deal of the information in the legis legislative focus is focused on flooding, sea rise, resiliency, and all of those things that are near and dear to our heart. It is extremely important to me personally at this stage that we still stay focused on our need to be sure that we not allow seismic testing off the coast, which leads to, under the current administration's drive, to offshore drilling. There, you heard me the other evening enumerate the reasons why that is such an important item. It is not included in the legislative focus, but I'm asking you this evening to please consider including it. We have a situation where many of the things that are included in what the council is supporting, both at the local level as well as the state level, uh, has to do with the issue of resiliency and sea rise and the quality of our life up and down the coast from Canada to Florida. There are people and organizations and chambers of commerce who are opposed to this, and we would certainly in really enjoy seeing the council take a strong position on that issue at this point. Thank, thank you, Mr. you, Mr. Mayor. And thank you, Mr. James. Mr. Mayor, I have a question. Yes, Ms. McClellan. So, Mr. James? Oh, Ms. Well, it's actually, it's more for the mayor, but... Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, I, uh, my question is, so we have voted previously in a resolution or passed a resolution um, in opposition to offshore drilling. Yes. Um, the seismic testing, I, I, I'm personally against, we haven't had a chance to discuss it, but is it is it the letters are going to BOEM right now? Is there a time period during which they're accepting that? Feedback. Yes, the, the issue is joined now in several ways. One of them is one that's uh, in your bailiwick, the um, Hampton Roads Planning District Commission is addressing this issue. And what we have now is leaving aside the other things like the e ERA. There's also gun, responsible gun consideration about who gets guns and so on. There are many things in, in the resolution that you're supporting that don't address this critical issue that's happening right off our coast. And the timing is is difficult. Um, I don't know how many of you on the council know, but uh, I'm sure that the mayor and the city manager know. Um, as an example, the right whales are impacted by the seismic testing. There are only 400 of them left. They have been getting decimated and hit by ships and lots of other things. All right. 
So, Mr. Mayor, two things. I think the offshore wind resolution, I was told, it did include seismic, that we opposed that. So I think we just need to clarify whether that previous resolution included that. Is that yeah, right? Offshore drilling, we were opposed yeah, to. Yeah, offshore. You said offshore wind. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no. Clarification. Well, for offshore wind. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yes. So offshore drilling, I was told that that resolution also included seismic. Yes, we, no? We can double-check that. Morgan, need to clarify? will you get with Mr. Ellis James and, and I believe Mr. Muse may have, he's not here, but uh, the letter that we sent, let's make sure that it does include uh, what Mr. James is expressing. Just one uh, thing for clarification. This package is just related to state issues, right. and that issue that Mr. James is uh, referencing would be best addressed at the federal level. So if it's not in the resolution, we can look at different ways to um, alert our federal delegation. Okay. That's all we asked. Thank you. Mr. James, we'll take Thank care you, of Mr. Time. Mayor. Thank yeah. you. We'll get it clarified. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Doyle. Aye. Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. R7. R7 is an ordinance to schedule council meeting dates for 2019 and who include a fifth Tuesday, January 29th to this ordinance. Clerk Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Doyle. Aye. Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clark, do you have anything else? Uh, uh, yes. Can I vote on that, too? Ms. McClellan? Aye. Thank you. Now, Mr. Clark, do you have anything Mr. else? Mr. President, add? that's all I have tonight. All right. Okay, we're going to move into our transition to our new business. First, we're going to hear from Demetrius Page. Mr. Mayor, City Council, good evening. Good evening. My name is Demetrius Antonio Page Sr. and I am the CEO for the Hampton Roads Warriors. We are a semi-professional basketball team for the Hampton Roads area and our home venue is at Granby High School. I have with me our media director, Ms. Nikki Curry, Coach Michael Green, Senior Executive Assistant Tiffany Bucco, my co-owner and daughter, Chief Operations Officer, Latasha Greer. Now, do, do you all want to speak or you just want to be here to support him? Or you, I, okay, I actually right had you. three speakers. Okay, well, I'll call them up after you. Go ahead and finish. Okay. And we have the announcer, Mike Henson. Okay. We are here to bring professional basketball back to the Hampton Roads area, and we love to have it in Norfolk because Norfolk is the center of where everything happens. And I've had great, I've had great intervention here with the community by giving back, going to the CHKD hospital, by doing the, I, I actually met you when we were at the Thanksgiving dinner at Hope Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. And we started out at 2015, and I've been doing this since 2010, and we know this is a great area for professional basketball, and we wanna make sure it's here to stay. We also provide an outweigh for basketball players who did not get a chance to play either at the college level or the professional level, where that caveat for them to play basketball and go to the next level, whether it be overseas or whether it's here in the NBA. Now, our short-term goals is to play here at Granby High School, and when our fan base increases, we'll go from there to the scope. And as our fan base increases from there, we'll Lord willing, go to the Ted Constant Center. Being at the Ted Constant Center, that means we will be able to have a G League team for the NBA, being that it's a developmental league for the NBA, and we'll go from there. And Norfolk is definitely where we would want to have our basketball games. Thank you so much. Now, I see Hampton Roads Warriors. Should that say Norfolk Warriors? Am I my eyes filming? Oh, what, what oh no, sir. That should definitely say Hampton Roads Warriors. It's for the Hampton Roads area. Oh, okay. I'll be getting my prescription. Yes, sir. It's, it's for the area, okay. but we love Norfolk. Okay, we love Norfolk, too. All right, well, thank you. Um, anything? He has a few more seconds. You can... Okay, we're going. All right, Michael Henson next. We actually wanted Mike to start it out for us. Okay. You'll see why. All right. And then we're going to follow by Nikki. And then uh, I think that's your three speakers. Yes. Okay. My name is Michael Henson. I live at 2916 Middletown Crescent here in Norfolk. I'm also an auctioneer. I've seen several of you at several events and stuff. I'm going to be the public address announcer. When, uh, when we start the games, it will sound 
a little bit like this. <clears throat> and I'm going to do it the way we normally do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get up off your feet, put your hands together, show your love for your very own Captain Rhodes Warriors kind of thing. So we hope that you can. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. All right. Uh, Nikki? How can I follow that? You don't have to. <laughs> Good evening. I have to write. Go, girl. Good evening. Uh, my name is Nikki Curry. I reside at 3196 Stonewood Drive, Virginia Beach. And I would like to say thank you for allowing us to uh, present to you and introduce to others the Hampton Rose Warriors semi-professional <clears throat> basketball team. The only reason I'm here tonight is because it's time for the Warriors to be known. In January of 2018, I was asked by Mr. Demetrius Page to join the team. And I realized the Warriors are more than just a basketball team with hoops, loops, hot dogs, and popcorn. We are more than that. As the brand manager and the media director, it has been an unforgettable experience. My main objective tonight is to let you all know that we are here and we are here to stay and we would love for you all to embrace us, okay? The Hampton Rose Warriors have been very busy this past season, and we plan to be even busier in 2019. As a matter of fact, we have partnered with a lot of the businesses, organizations, students, schools, uh, business owners in the Norfolk area. As a matter of fact, we did the um, back to school event at Jay Cox Elementary, and we worked with Dr. Antipas Harris with the Urban Renewal Center. That was one of the initiatives that we were a part of. We have also, uh, play some of our games at Norfolk Christian Academy. We've also played some of our games at some of the high schools. And now our new home is Granby High School. Congratulations, Warriors. We have also partnered with some of the media organizations. I am a part of the media community. I am the vice president of the Hampton Roads Black Media Professionals. My president is Ms. Ashley Smith of WVEC 13 News Now. And the other vice president is Mr. Johnny Maples, which is a photojournalist for Spectrum, as well as at ODU, as well as a graduate of Norfolk State University. So we got Norfolk in our blood, okay? So I would like to ask you all to please accept us as your new sons and daughters of the city of Norfolk. Now, in our previous games, and we're planning to do the same thing, at all of our games, especially our home games here in Norfolk, we have had members of the media to come out and support us. We had Ashley Smith, like I mentioned earlier. She was our game announcer along with Mr. Michael Henson. We also had Cara Davis of Wavy TV 10. We had, um, I'm sorry, um, we had uh, Kim Fields from Hot 91.1 at Norfolk State University. So what does all of this mean? What this means is that we have planted our feet, we're here to stay, and we hope that you support us. And what I want you all to do before we all leave here, I would like for everyone on the city council to approach one of our members of the Hampton Rose Warriors, get to know them, get their information, and I suggest the Warriors do the same thing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm going to excuse Mrs. Graves. Um, Mrs. Graves, you, you are excused, and Ms. Johnson, you can follow shortly after. Ms. Mr. Mayor, may I just wish everybody um, a Merry Christmas? Okay. I just want to take the opportunity to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Um, all our residents, our um, staff members, all of our city employees, I just want to take this opportunity again to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. Happy that, and enjoy the holiday season with your friends and family. Thank and you. And you do the same. Um, Mr. Mayor? Yes. Um, you know we have to install officers. Yes. Okay. All right. Randy Baker. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Randy Baker. Um, I reside at 7004 Dakota Avenue in Norfolk, Virginia. I just wanted to come before the council and ask, can the continuance that we had in front of you guys be heard on the next agenda? 
which was the special exception for grains country cooking. Um, Mr. Baker, I believe between the manager and uh, Mr. Pishko, uh, we'll probably speak with Bernard this week. Would you speak with Mr. Baker? Uh, yes, I can. Do okay, it. so we'll get so we can get you. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's let's get you scheduled. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Kim Miller. Good evening. Uh, my name is Kim Miller. I reside at 315 Little Sex Street in Norfolk. Um, actually, I moved from Virginia Beach. I lived in Virginia Beach for 36 years. Um, I was an infant, but um, well, but okay. um, I got to Berkeley as fast as I could. Well. Um, I've been living there since August, and um, it's been a delight. Um, and you've seen me before. Um, I, I'm here again to talk about the South, uh, South Side Connector Pipeline. Um, and I've been getting quite a bit of discouragement from coming. <laughs> um, people have been telling me that, you know, it's the week before Christmas. No one wants to talk about the pipeline. Um, it's a waste of time because nothing can be done. It's 90% completed. Um, it's The fight is actually between Kalanis and VNG. Um, and that VNG will just, you know, install the pipeline anyway. Um, other than it being a week before Christmas, none of that is true. This is not a waste of time. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be a familiar face like my friend, um, Mr. Ellis. I'm going to keep coming and I'm going to keep fighting because I'm sincerely afraid that this pipeline is going to um, explode and take away my beautiful neighborhood, my beautiful home, and my beautiful me. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's actually something that the city council can do. Um, there are still legal, legal procedures that can be explored, alternate, alternative legal procedures. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know, but my understanding is, is that there are still some things you can do. Um, please rescind the easement and protect Berkeley. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Regina Tisdale. Has that it? Okay, welcome. Thank you. I reside at 1003 East Liberty Street yeah. in Berkeley, and I've been there about three years. And I've come because I've been a near casualty to a gas explosion back in the 80s in the District of Columbia. And I was very concerned to learn that the pipeline was coming here next to daycare centers and next to residences. So I came perhaps that they could perhaps be moved away from the area where there's a lot of population because it's very scary and it happens very fast. And even though they have, they have fire, um, at that time it was near Pennsylvania Avenue and they have fire up big fire station, but people did die. So, sorry, I have a little bit of congestion, but I came here because I was very concerned. And fortunately, I wasn't a casualty, but there were some casualties, and disaster can happen very, very quickly. So I thank you for letting me voice my concern about this. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Danny Lee Ginn. My name is Danny Lee Ginn. I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Since this is the season of joy and happiness, uh, I wish the mayor, all the council members, and everybody in the chamber a very merry and happy uh, Christmas, a prosperous and uh, healthy new year to everyone. Uh, I will see you in 2019, which will be my 14th year here. Thank you. Uh, Mary Kate Andrus. Everybody loves me. 
evening. Hi. This is my first time here. This is really interesting. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Mary Kate Andrus. I'm the president and CEO of the YWCA of Southampton Roads. We are uh, more than 160 years old. Last year, the YWCA served more than 8,883 individuals who were identified as victims of violence. These victims experienced anything from domestic violence to sexual assault to stalking and even human trafficking. Currently, the YWCA has $23,291.71 in unpaid invoices from the city of Norfolk for services rendered between March 2018 and November of 2018, a total of nine months of outstanding invoices. Our last payment from the city of Norfolk was received in April of 2018 for services rendered in February of 2018. Funding from the city of Norfolk covers salaries and shelter utilities that would not be funded without this program. We've also been using matching 50% of the grant through other funding sources. The YWCA continues to provide the services even without payment from the city of Norfolk, and we will not turn victims away. With this funding, we've served 269 individuals by providing shelter and wraparound crisis services needed at the time. Just a quick reminder, we are the only domestic violence shelter in the city of Norfolk. I'd like to conclude by asking that the city process all overdue payments immediately as we have already expended the money. I'd also like to request that contract review with the city attorney be expedited so that we can have contracts in our hands no later than January 15th of 2019. I truly hope that the reassignment of this funding to the budget office, Mr. Patrick and his team, is a step in the right direction. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Angela Kellum. Mr. Mayor? Yes. Um, I know we have a couple of speakers on the same subject, but mm -hmm. I, I hope that we um, make sure that we address this. Uh, maybe the city manager could talk about what we talked about at the earlier tonight as well. So. Well, after the last speaker, we will certainly, uh, only one more uh, person, Stacy will come, uh, and Thalia McCormick will come, and then I'll let the manager. Okay. Welcome, Angela. Good evening. <clears throat> I'm Angela Kellum. I'm the president and CEO of the Planning Council, a nonprofit agency that has served the city of Norfolk and the surrounding Hampton Roads region for 78 years. Our address is 5365 Robin Hood Road. Tonight, I join the executives of several nonprofit organizations that work together to provide shelter, housing, and services to vulnerable adults and children living on the streets of our city. Collectively, the city owes six agencies nearly $400,000 for services provided over the last 18 months. Four of the agencies are here tonight to express our concerns. Each of us plays a unique role in serving the homeless, but sadly, all of us experience the same challenge, sustaining our work due to the extraordinary delays and payments from the city of Norfolk for our services. This is a long-standing problem, and it has reached a critical point for our shared mission of ending homelessness. Many of the agencies here tonight provide similar services in other municipalities for which we receive timely contracts and timely payments. Currently, the Planning Council has incurred $80,000 for which we have not been paid. Like the other agencies, we do not have a contract for the last five months of service that began on July the 1st, and we have been told that it may take another three months for contracts to be executed and for invoices to be processed. Because of the city delays, our charity must use a line of credit to cover payroll and direct assistance to those in needs. Our banking partner is incredulous about the delays, but the interest expense is incurred nonetheless and is never recouped. Donors who support our mission do not wish that their charitable gifts be used to pay for unnecessary costs due to the delay in this in, from the city and none of us wishes to turn off essential services until contracts and payments are received. 
At a broader level, the inability of the city to contract or pay for services in a predictable and timely manner has had a chilling effect on our ability to bring other providers of housing and services into the homeless network. In the extreme, it also drives providers out of the network as they cannot withstand the financial pressure of thousands of dollars in unpaid invoices. Additionally, undependable payments from the city undermines our collective ability to compete for and sustain the additional $3,884,000 of funding that the nonprofits secured directly from HUD to provide services to end homelessness in Norfolk. As mentioned earlier, this is not a new problem in Norfolk, nor is it limited to one department or one period of time when staffing is short. Many of the executives here tonight have voiced our concerns to previous city managers, deputy city managers, city attorneys, and too many department heads to recount without any sustained improvement. It, seems, it seems that it will require to, political will to commit to treating your nonprofits fairly. Thank you so much. Ms. McCormick, followed by Ms. Uh, Walls Beagle. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Thaler McCormick. I live at 517 Fairfax Avenue right here in Norfolk. I am the CEO of Four Kids. So my friends and I would not like to be here tonight. I would like to be at the Williams Cools Carol Service. And we'd all like to be doing other things for the holidays. But we do believe this is a compelling issue that we need to bring to you tonight. As Angela said, this is long in coming. It has not been a single administration. In my 20 years with four kids, I have been to this city over and over and over again. I come to you tonight because I want you to know a few things. So yes, you owe four kids money right now. You owe, over the last 18 months, 160000 to my organization. So maybe Norfolk does not pay your electric bills, I don't know, on a monthly basis. If so, that's a bigger problem for this council. But to the extent it is your human service charities that you are paying 18 months late, then that is shameful. It is impacting the service infrastructure of this city. We are making choices. Poor kids is making choices. I have been an organization that gives you about 14 bucks for every dollar you invest in me. I promise you the utility company is not giving you that. And all of us are now having to make different choices. Poor kids is making different choices. I am choosing that I now have to take national opportunities, invest them in different cities. We have to turn down, everybody here has to turn down and make different choices. This city can ill afford to not have a thriving infrastructure. And we have a mindset in this city that is 30 years old to our nonprofits. They can leverage millions. We leverage tens of millions for this city. So I urge Norfolk, I urge this council to turn the tide. We have to fundamentally, you have to pay your bills. We need to pay our bills. I find that crazy that I have to come say that to you. But we need you to pay your bills and we need to fundamentally change the culture in this city towards its nonprofit sector. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Stacy Walsbeagle, and I serve as the CEO for the LGBT Life Center. Um, I have been at the organization 17 years, and it is a nonprofit that started in Norfolk 30 years ago as Children's AIDS Network, designed for interfaith involvement. The city is currently holding $39,529 of unpaid invoices from my organization between July 1 and 2017 and June 30, 2018. 
And since June 30, there's an additional $8,781. So a total of about $43,000. Um, LGBT Life Center has provided permanent supportive housing to 29 households in Norfolk, which is in a total of 150 individuals. In each household, there is at least one person living with HIV AIDS, and they were homeless or living on the streets of Norfolk before they entered our program. We literally saved their lives by providing supportive housing to them within the city of Norfolk. CDBG funds allow us to pay for one staff person to serve all 29 families. That's what these funds support. In attempting to get these funds paid to us, we've experienced significant delays in staff communication, delay in follow-up from the city regarding directives and requested changes in documentation, and lack of response to our inquiries on current invoices. LGBT Life Center has been providing continuation of the same services under an award letter that we, we received on June 15th, but we have yet to receive our fully executed contract even though we submitted our required documentation by June 22nd, 2018. LGBT Life Center provides permanent supportive housing, rapid rehousing, prevention services to people living with HIV and to people in the LGBT community. In our almost $10 million budget, we are required to raise $4 million to match those funds and the services that we bring in that Thaler referenced. As a contractor, we provided the services. As any business owner would agree, if you work with a vendor who did not submit payment once services were rendered, you would take recourse. And that is why we are here tonight. The city of Norfolk is doing business on the backs of the nonprofits, and we should not have to float the money for 18 months because you're not paying us. If the city is paying all your other bills, but not their nonprofit partners, serve the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people who live in this community, it is a shame. And as I heard earlier when this meeting opened, we are here to ask you to help us help you. In closing tonight, I'm requesting that the immediate payment on services rendered, generation of our new contract for this current year, for already awarded work and structural change in the way that Norfolk is working with its nonprofit partners. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Smith. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, I, I would say to you that to the best of my knowledge, everything you heard tonight is accurate, you know, and I'd like to tell you something different. And uh, I told, and I'd encourage folks to look at the work session this evening, so we spent a fair bit of time, uh, Catherine Whitesell, sort of sharing what our challenges are. Um, this involves community development block grant money. Um, our processes are broken, and uh, we're going to fix them. And so what council heard this evening is a couple of things. Uh, we've asked the city auditor to do a um, uh, transfer audit, closeout audit of the, the entire program. Uh, we're shifting the program to uh, the budget office, which is what these folks do. They, they, they pay bills. They keep up with bills. They track money. And so we feel good that we'll get the processes fixed. Um, I'd like to tell you that it's going to happen quickly. Um, but I think it's going to be as long as the end of January before it's fixed. In that, we are talking about money that comes from HUD. These are sub-recipients for that money, um, but uh, we're going to work very quickly. As you heard, I think Ms. Um, uh, artist say from the YWCA, she's had a meeting with Greg Patrick. So Greg, who's here, is, is meeting, he and his staff are meeting with the different organizations to help them understand what we're doing. And so um, uh, it's unacceptable. You know, th these are the folks that are helping the most vulnerable of our community. And um, uh, as, as one of them said, we get the opportunity to leverage our money with other monies, and we appreciate what they do. And um, our processes and our actions haven't reflected that appreciation. All right. And we're going to do everything we can to get that fixed quickly. Mr. Smith, what is the total amount? Uh, I know that you have several organizations, but there are others. Yeah, Greg, do you know what the total amount is? All right. We'll get that for council. But it's, it's significant money, Mayor. What, when you say significant, Greg, do you have any idea? Well, I think you heard Ms. McCormick say it's uh, $100,000 for her organization. Did I hear that right? 400 plus. What'd she say? It's a total of over 400. Okay. So we're 400,000 Yeah. So, so um, Greg, what is the total number that you have? Uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, we'll, we'll get you the, the total uh, tomorrow, but I can tell you that uh, any HUD entitlement grant funding that was awarded for fiscal year 2019 
No contracts have been sent to our subrecipients. Um, and without contracts, we've been able to make no payments. So anyone who was awarded funds in fiscal year 2019, um, no payments have, have gone out the door. Um, we are working right now um, with a number of subrecipients to finish paying fiscal year 2018 program funds that have not been wholly reimbursed to the agencies. Have we received, have we received the money from HUD? From HUD from it, it's all, HUD works on a reimbursement basis, so okay. we don't receive the funds from HUD until we request um, a drawdown from, from HUD, and we have not requested the drawdowns uh, and, in these instances. And what is the reason you have not requested it? We've not requested it because we're still in the process of processing the um, the vouchers that are submitted by the uh, by the outside agency. So Mayor Greg's the messenger. We, we've got broken processes, yeah. right? And so I wish to tell you something different, but, but that's just yeah. the reality, and we're so going to get them fixed. So one of the problems I see is that when you have nonprofit organizations that are impacted uh, because they are providers, they deliver services, life-saving services, and they have to borrow money and leverage money and uh, they are overmatching in, in, in other ways. Uh, you know, we run a city. They run a nonprofit. Some of us up here run, run a business. Um, and, you, you know, we have to find a way to fix it. End of January, I, I hear you, Mr. Smith. Will some of these nonprofits be around to the end of January? Could they wait till the end of January? I would like for you to find an alternative, find another yes, option, uh, and maybe reimburse ourselves. But let's fix this as soon as possible. Yes, sir. Ms. Doyle. Mr. Mayor, so can we all just say um, we're sorry, first of all, to these organizations. We haven't said that to you tonight, so I will say that on behalf of council. So we are sorry and that we are going to do whatever we can to um, accelerate the payments, obviously. Yeah. Can we accelerate the contract That's review? Right. That's what sure. I'm Yes. We'll so I think we need to do that as soon as possible so that they can be in line so that they can actually seek reimbursement for the services they're serving. Yeah. It, um, Mr. Smith, also, I know we've, we've transferred this to the budget department, which mm -hmm. is, I think, a great first step. But, you know, my, my experience um, previously being on the board of another large um, social services agency, I came to the city about three or four years ago, similar situation. Is What is inherently wrong, and can we somehow or another bring our nonprofit leaders to the table to help? We think we're making the right decisions and changes, but have we asked them for feedback? To get so, their so, opinion on this, so Greg's meeting with them individually. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Can we get can we get an update on this? I, I mean, course. I, I want to. This is this shameful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I appreciate you taking responsibility for it. But uh, as Courtney said, I, I am I am so sorry and I'm embarrassed, and this should never have happened. Yep. Ms. Doyle and Mr. Thomas. Yeah. And to me, this raises the question I asked him in session down below. Does this denote a systemic issue mm -hmm. where we have now issues elsewhere that we don't know, but this is starting to uncover? And is this the new rock? So I would ask the administration to, frankly, take a good close look at other elements, other systems. And are we, is this the tip of the iceberg that we're looking at? Or is there something below the iceberg that we really need to look at systemically? And That's problematic. Especially when we are serving as a pass-through for the federal or state government in a lot of these grants. You know, a lot of times we're pass-through. You know, we receive it and we disperse it to the nonprofits or the service providers based on their vouchers, or based on their contracts, based on services rendered. Um, what is that process? What does that process look like? If we have to receive their vouchers, review it, scrutinize it, do an analysis, you know, that's time. And then we have to send it up for, for payment. Um, when you look at your review, just look at that process, analyze that process, see if that's the most efficient way to do it, or maybe there's some others. Mr. Thomas? Yeah, Greg, I, I know you've got your hands full figuring out all the paperwork, but if, if it looks like that indeed it's going to take you to the end of January, I'd ask that the administration take a look at doing some short-term loans to these uh, nonprofits to, to get them through to that time, through that time period. With no interest. Of course. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Greg. Thank yes, you, Mr. Smith. And again, uh, I think Courtney said it best. And Andrea said it best. We are truly sorry, embarrassed um, that you have to, um, uh, that you, you are experiencing this. Um, um, but I, I think I believe in my manager. We believe in our manager, and he'll fix it. Okay. Isn't that right, Mr. Manager? Got it. Got it. All right. Okay. All right. Last speaker is uh, Paul Davis. Council. 
thank you for allowing us to speak tonight. I mean, we came to you, as you know, from River Forest Shores. There is a situation that occurred this weekend. My fiance and I were taking a walk through the neighborhood, and a sinkhole had developed from a leak of a water main on Ronald, which sits in the old Calvary Presbyterian Arrowhead Day School. Right on the corner, the whole corner of that street collapsed inward. The city came out and you repaired it. Great job, by the way. Um, but it leads me to bring up this question. As you know, we did not do an impact study for 64 for the wetlands. And of course, y'all changed, not y'all, the state changed the course of the river, uh, the creek behind there. Now, when they were driving pylons, there was a pylon that for two months, and this was back during the summer, we had rain a couple of days, but most of that period of time, we didn't have any rain. Yet that pylon was raining day and night. Now, how would, what do I mean by that pylon was raining? The water would go up the pylon and come out the top, meaning they had hit something down below. We don't know if they hit an aquifer. I don't know if they hit the underground river, because there's a river right there. Um, but... A sinkhole formed, as you know, one of, or a water main collapsed. As you know, one of the first signs of sinkholes is water mains collapsing. So my concern is, since there was no impact study done by the state for the 64 project, do we have a bigger issue here, y'all? I mean, are there people's, you know, if the sinkhole forms, it's right there at the pillars that hold 64 up. Of course, if 64 was, was to collapse inward, with people on the interstate, there would be lives, casualties, possibly. I think it's something that the city may want to look at uh, the construction by Tudor Perini. Since there was no uh, observation of this, there was no impact study done to see what the wetlands, them pounding pylons into the floor of a river would do. Um, so my suggestion is let's look into that before... We find out that the what was we thought was a water main may have been a water main break because there's nothing under there. You know, if you lower the water level, that lowers the pressure on the ground, creating airspace, which the you no know, the beams or the pipes are no longer supported, so they break. That's that's what I, I I'm no expert, but it's something that the city should consider looking at in case 64 or a sinkhole develops that could affect sink 64 and maybe endanger lives. Let's get ahead of the curve, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for your time. All right. Merry Christmas.